welcome to Bedknobs and Broomflakes, the podcast that talks about witches, man-witches, warlocks, sorcerers, and other magic practitioners in movies, television, comic books, books, and just about freaking everything. Uh, we also sometimes sort of kind of talk about heroic and just plain awesome animals as our favorite familiars, and we also talk about witches in history. Uh, sorry, this show will include spoilers. You've been warned, but you've also had a lot of time to watch this, too. So <laughs> it's not hard only, to find. You oh, only have yourself to blame. Yes. <laughs> it is now. Oh, God, that makes me feel old. It is now 22 going on 23 years old. So <clears throat> really, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Just go to, to Amazon Prime if you've got a, a subscription and watch it there for free. I mean, if you want to feel really old, um, you could technically have adult children now if you started really, really young and it wouldn't be completely obscene. Yeah, I have some uh, high school friends that had uh, had kids pretty pretty old or pretty young. And I'm just like I, I was thinking about that a couple months ago. It's like. My God, they're adults. Oh Jesus, <laughs> yes. no! And some of them may even have kids of their own too. <laughs> it. Oh God, yeah. And we we just oh God, realized that. that um, no, no. Well, okay, as far as you know, I know. As far as I know, yeah. Um, but I I was just remembering that uh, one of my well, my uh, niece just turned like twenty one, not too long ago, and I was just like. Oh my God! Like, <laughs> what is happening? What is time? Oh, so anyway, yeah, I'm Linda. <laughs> but uh, as always, you can call me the cheese. This week, I am a keto cheese because uh, I am uh, I am on uh, keto. I am in ketosis and um, living it up. Although, <laughs> okay, true story. Uh, that you never wanted to know. I I seriously, honestly had an erotic dream about gingerbread. <laughs> about cookies in general. So, so, little fun fact about me, you never wanted to know. <laughs> Was the gingerbread man from Shrek there? That's all I need to know, really. <laughs> The gumdrop buttons. <laughs> yes, gumdrop buttons. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, like, man, I could be a total asshole and just walk up to the baguette and just be like, "Yep, this is good." Uh, <laughs> God damn it! You know, I can still eat almost anything I want because I'm still breastfeeding. <laughs> See, I consider myself a carbitarian, so it's like it's been awfully hard, but. Mm, there's a lot of fun stuff I can eat too. Oh yeah, no, it's I've I've tried that, but I'm more getting back into um, just using my Fitbit and exercising and taking walks with my family and you know being normal. Anyways, hi, I'm Jane and I diggy diggy hole. I am a dwarf <laughs> and I diggy diggy hole. <laughs> Linda will get that one. <laughs> you, know, you have no idea how amazing that song is and when we um. When we, we um, my husband and I stumbled upon it while we were driving. <laughs> it is delightful. It's it, it's okay. So anybody who doesn't know, I think it's um, 
God, Wind Rose or something. It's an Italian metal band. And um, I'm going to look up the action. Yeah, it's Wind Rose. And yeah. it's basically all of their songs are metal folk songs um, where Lord of the Rings is the theme. That's that's everything mostly focused on the dwarves. And they have this song called Diggy Diggy Hole. And we just uh, my husband and I were and with our, you know, at the time we just had one son. We're driving. We're driving down south to go camping. And, you know, we're just playing a random list of just metal music. And suddenly this song comes up and my husband and I, he's driving and we're stuck in traffic. And we both kind of look at each other like. Are we, the lyrics, are we hearing the lyrics? Like, it's literally <laughs> saying diggy diggy hole, right? And, 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 J, and my husband says, like, I think they're saying dwarfs, too. And we're just going, like, it's like yeah, they're saying just, what the fuck is this song? <laughs> and so, me on my phone, reading the entire, like, history of Wind Rose, going, like, this is amazing. And then, of course, our kids in the back, like, loving it. So, <laughs> yes. So it's become a, we started playing every time we play Minecraft every so often. It's like, yeah. I've had the theme song for Way of the House Husband stuck in my head. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway, so yes, I'm a dwarf, diggy, diggy hole. <laughs> So why is she saying that? Well, because we watched the penultimate episode of the Tenth Kingdom. Um, yeah. Yeah, the cringing. <laughs> the cringing. The cringing continues. It's yeah. Well, last we left off, um, uh, they had just come into um, Kissing Town, the most romantic town possible, and they found out that their magic mirror to get home was put up for auction and the huntsman's there. So that's kind of where we leave off is them trying to figure out a way to raise money. And can I just, I just point something out. Like after I started kind of like watching this for like a brief moment, all I wrote down is like, ah, the magic roofie town is what this town <laughs> is. <laughs> Cause every so often, like, you know, you get Virginia and Wolf alone and you know, Virginia's stressed mm -hmm. because they're trying to get the mirror back. Oh, rightly so. She wants to go home and Wolf is, you know, trying and failing really hard to be suave. Mm -hmm. And then, like, well, she's still, like, going, like, oh, I just don't want to see the little, like, CGI hearts still flying around them. Yes. They obviously can't see. And she's like, well, actually, and it's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. It may just be kissing town, but I think I'm falling for you. <laughs> Yeah, crap like that. But it, this episode does give us a precious moment where, uh, <laughs> where Rutger Hauer, the cunsman, is um, hiding. <laughs> he's hiding his face behind a heart-shaped balloon. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because he is the cunsman, so he's very, very adept at hiding. <laughs> I love that he just like slowly moves the balloon from his face and I'm like, oh my god, he was there the whole time. <laughs> Talent. I know. <laughs> that balloon, if that balloon wasn't there though, I mean, oh, what could he be hitting behind? Although, okay. I gotta also mention one other thing. There's also a, um, there was a store um, that really concerned me. And um, 
it was it, it was when uh, Virginia and Wolf were on that carriage ride and they're riding through town. And the store of the shop just says, Kissing Lessons All Ages. I have a yes. really, really huge question about the all ages part of that song. I was a little disturbed by that myself. <laughs> I'm like, okay, they better have, like, I don't know. No, there's nothing appropriate for that. No, 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 no. It's, it's like, even if, like, you said, like, yes, let's have two five-year-olds. It's like, no! No, no, because then you're five. just like forcing someone to like, someone to kiss another five year old. It's it's there's just no way it's okay. Yeah, no, no, it's it's, it's yeah. I was like, I'm sorry, but yeah, it okay. That that was like, oh my god, just it it got really dark in my head. Um. Although I do like that their method of, or at least Tony's method of suggestion of raising money is to basically take what they have and just gamble it. I'm like, ah, yes, that is totally the sign of a gambling, a person with a gambling addiction. (laughs) It's like, I can totally do this. It's like, yes, of course you can. Well, and at that point, um, because they need to raise enough windles to win the auction, um, the mirror at the auction. And, um, uh, poor Wolf, like, wants to win because he wants to give Virginia what she wants. She could go home, but he doesn't want to win because he doesn't want to lose her. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, his original thing when he does, like, end up winning, like, the top jackpot is he's trying to, like, lose the 10 gold coins and everything, and he ends up winning the jackpot and he gets, like, 10,000, and they need 5,000. It's like, you know, his original plan of, I will give her 5000 and then I will spend it on a, like, okay, not the perfect choice, but better than what the fuck he did, which, of course, blow it all in, like, a big, huge proposal, yes. dinner, 33-course meal. I don't, I can't even remember how much food and there was. And a singing ring. <laughs> oh, let, I want to talk about the ring later, but I, let's, let's, I, I just want to get, I, I like, because I want to get to the other part of this, because Tony actually does well. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he's playing um, um, hearts or kind of a version of go fish, except with like oh, he's he's playing like the, yeah, something that's like go fish, but it's with a, a family. You have to like collect all the member, all four members of uh, three families. Yeah, like Baker or Miller or something like that. Yeah, yeah but then he moves on to the high roller table, which almost looks like they're just playing like a weird version of war. We have to slap when you have like two matches and that's it. It's oh, they like, play snap. Yeah. Okay. That's what they're, yeah. doing. they're playing snap and he's actually doing like really well. Oh, and also just before this, because I really want to point something out to um, Prince Prince. I know you're listening. <laughs> the dog Prince um, is Virginia sticks a sign on, uh, Prince's back and says like lucky dog please spit ha- half of gambling winnings it's like really like that's really going to work not in the sense of like you know like it's a lucky dog more in the sense of yeah somebody's really going to take that seriously well it turns out the woman who beats Tony <laughs> does take that stupidly <laughs> seriously and sure is half of her winnings I know, and Prince is just sort of like royalty always succeeds at gambling I'm like okay hold on I have a long list of historical events that shows royalty really sucks at gambling. <laughs> royalty has a lo- royalty and throughout history has a long history of known as fucking around and finding out. 
That is true. That is how a lot of dynasties have fallen. (laughs) (laughs) They fucked around. They found out hard. But yeah, it's and then the alternative is the um, huntsman knows that or the the huntsman knows. (laughs) Is that what you call? I really want to call him the coxman for some reason, but like, nope, nope. Anyways, he um, I don't know why. I just used the term cocksmith yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> see there you go and um his way of getting money is to kill this like fairy who also won big like around the time wolf won big or he was an elf i think uh, elf or, well he had like wings that's the only reason why i think um, oh i didn't realize he had wings because I, I remember like i think one of them said oh it's just another elf dead nothing to see here yeah which i want to bring up because this is now um, open up something that I've been kind of thinking about for a while, and I think I mentioned in the first episode, there is some sort of caste system oh, in totally, this entire yeah. world. When the sheriff basically walks around and is going, ah, it's just another dead elf or fair or whatever. It's like, yeah. dude, oh, fuck, man. Damn. <laughs> yeah, there is a caste system in this world that's really dark, okay? Because I was like, oh my god, yeah. It's And also, I can I just say, I don't know what what the writers were thinking with this line with the um, huntsman saying like, like, I know your destiny. You're going to have ask a question, but you're not going to get the answer. You're going to die before getting the answer. And the question, and the question he asks is like, who are you? I'm like, you know, it's not, it's not really a destiny. What was that? I don't like, I didn't like that line. I was like, yeah. it's not a destiny prediction. That's just murder. You're not <laughs> predicting his destiny. You're just, you, you just thought you were going to say something cool, and it's like, no. It wasn't that uh, cool. It was an attempt. <laughs> it I didn't know. work out. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just... Uh. But yeah, there's a bunch... There's all that going on, and during that time, Wolf is also... The, kind of, okay, one other thing I've noticed. Time of day is very weird during yeah. all these events happening. For because sure. Wolf goes out at night um, to... You know, first off, wake up the poor restaurateur um, and yes. demand to close the restaurant and make this huge meal. And I'm just like, God, it's, oh, uh, you know, selfishness to a T. And the only person who makes him wait is the ringmaker or the jeweler. That's the word I'm thinking of. Yes, because he's <sighs> got to shoot the shoot and kill the cuckoo, the cuckoo clock. clock. I mean, it screams. <laughs> Cause he's like he's you know he's like the one that doesn't go off at the right time. He takes out out back and he shoots it. Like I was even looking up like is there like a children's poem I don't know about that has to do with who plus not clocking at the same time? And somebody takes it out back and shoots it. It's like what the fuck was that? But yeah, the 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 ring seller is such a manipulative prick that the entire yeah. he's like oh well because he, he's using the tactics of you know. Um, basically saying like, oh, well, like, you know, clearly your girl is like an ugly girl or she's not that intelligent, like, you, you know, and then Wolf has to say like, oh, she's this, she's like, ah, well, then she must be special and she deserves it's it's pure manipulative bullshit that she's even the used car salesman type thing. So he like takes away like, you know, the adequate rings brings out what I honestly, in my opinion where the prettiest things were the ones that were like the flowers and everything. Like, yeah, yeah. Like that would be a really cool ring. I think they ring. were created by dwarves or something like that. Or, well, no, it'd probably be like elves uh, or like, um, yeah. fairies and stuff. Cause you know, the dwarves, we know what the dwarves do now, but yeah. 
<laughs> Anyways, um, like those are pretty, and then he pulls out these talking rings that are like bouncing up and down and stuff, and mm-hmm. saying "Pick me, pick me." I'm like, pick oh me, god, yes. And then he pulls out the magical singing ring that sings in poems or rhymes in order to convince somebody to marry you, and. I want to fucking burn this ring down for whatever element <laughs> right? there. I want to destroy this ring. I, I so badly. Even when I first saw this, I was like, I would chuck this. If somebody gave this to me, I would chuck it because I already have an issue with like things that make noise. But it's like, <laughs> that would just piss me off to have this thing that would constantly sing at me. It's like, <sighs> like, yeah, for one, it's like, I'm just trying to fucking sleep. Okay. And then, <laughs> And then what about, like, when you're intimate? You're going to have to, like, put it away. (laughs) Or it's going to be like, oh, that must feel so nice. (laughs) You made her come twice. (laughs) (laughs) I would just think it would take you out of the mood. And it wasn't that pretty either. Like, I'm just like, it's it's got body. Yeah, it's. Oh god, but you know, it's somehow. But then you have that same problem of like a lot of sitcoms of the time had, and not even just sitcoms, but like um like nineties, eighties, and nineties shows, and and some movies were like, we've been going out for three dates. Oh, when is he gonna ask me to marry him? <laughs> like, like they haven't even had an intimate moment they haven't kissed and he's just like i know what i'll do i'll i'll uh i'll propose and she she'll have to stay here and marry me well and and he does make a point to and to virginia about this when they're on their date in the restaurant is um you know like wolf's literally mate for life so he's never had a girlfriend he's never been right. intimate with another person or any of those things and it's just like Oh, oh, man, this is just, it's really incredible, especially when she's like, oh, I've had tons of boyfriends, like, nothing serious. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean nowadays? So I know. I'm assuming she just means she's also, she's a virgin, which, let's go with a really cringy moment here for, I mean, have you ever seen, like, my opinion of Prince drop, like, 15-fold? It's, it's, okay. So they've lost the mirror because um, the Huntsman has outbid them, and... Tony and Prince. He are wins in the with bar. ten thousand Wendells. Yeah. So, and of course, it's the key point to point out that um, if Wolf had given her the money, they could have won the mirror. So, yeah. really driving home that point. But you know, so Wolf is going to take Virginia out, and Tony and Prince are at this weird bar, and the bartender is giving off some really interesting drink names because he doesn't have beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyways. And they get, I feel like the fact that they get a saucer for Prince of like a yeah. <laughs> that was cute. But you it know, was cute. But I'm also thinking like, okay, yeah, he's the prince, but he's, he's also a in dog. a dog's body. <laughs> like, that cannot be a dog's body. <laughs> but you know, so yeah. yeah anyways, yeah, no, it's okay. So you know, Tony's like getting a drink and like bemoaning like the fact that they lost this mirror and everything. And Wolf comes in, and of course, like, 
credit to the fact that this is the one time he's being really honest. It's like, yeah, his intentions are not pure. Yeah, it's like, duh. He's mm. he's a horny teenager in a 30-something-year-old man's body, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I get that. But Prince, my God, condescending as shit. Because he first tells Tony, he's like, do not let Virginia, like, out with this wolf and stuff. Like, and she'll, like, she'll come home disheveled. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, you're kissing your daughter. Like, you're t- kissing that girl's virginity goodbye. I'm like, yes. It's up to Virginia, you screwed. Pr- you, you <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. But then he says later, doesn't he say, like, Wolf say something like, don't worry, Tony, your daughter's virginity is safe with me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think if I ever had, like, brought a guy home that said that to my dad, he'd probably be like, no, nope, shut it down. <laughs> This guy's fucking weird. No. This is like the one time where like the overprotective dad and the grave in the backyard is actually is actually you know, appropriate. Because you know, like even Tony, like, you know, just being worried about his daughter where it's just like, and he even says like, hey, like she's vulnerable. And Virginia admits that like she has a trouble with trusting people. So and of course, because you know, her really mom left that up. And... Yeah. Yeah. And she's always, you know, she feels like she's always had to be responsible. So, yeah, like Tony's, as much as I, I, it's a total ick factor for a dad to care about his daughter's virginity, Prince caring about it and being really condescending about it. Yeah. So, like, like I had like that score. It's like, okay, Prince is okay, 25 points, and then went, shoo, negative 300 when that happened. <laughs> like, fuck off. Aww. Um, yeah. yeah, so they have they have the romantic carriage ride there. They have the romantic dinner and kisses. Um, yeah, and it, they're about to. I think she's about to like profess his her love for him, and he um, brings out the ring, and she's like, "Wait, where'd you get the money for this shit? This looks expensive." And he's yeah. like, "Rut row." And so she's like, yeah, you lied, and I I can't trust you. I don't ever want to see you again. And he throws the ring into a like like a waterfall into a lake or something where it's eaten by a fish. Yes, the the fish saved us all by eating the ring. It tries to swim away, which is kind of cute. Like, like, <laughs> like pull itself away, and that fish just eats that little fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty happy about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. Well, I I do like the fact the one thing the one redeeming quality of that ring was when it basically like saying that the wolf was a loser and you yes! and Ryan was I was like, okay, you're at a couple of good points, but I still find you really annoying. <laughs> yeah, he calls him a loser right before he chucks him into the, <laughs> the water. I was like, okay, you won me over a little bit. So Meanwhile, but, um, like it basically starts off with the poor dog who's stuck in Prince Wendell's human body, oh, just yeah. like trying to kill himself by hanging himself. Yeah. And, poorly, I might add, considering, you know, he's, well, he's threatening to do it. And she and, you know, Diane Weiss, you know, comes on in in all of her glory. And she's like, is mm-hmm. something bothering you? And it's like, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, and he says he demands that um, she turn him back into his dog body. And she says, like, well, you know, basically asks him what's his problem. And he has a very valid problem, but the poor boy, I I mean, somebody just needs to show him the way. But here, I, I got this clip. 
how can I stroke myself? <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, one of these was going to come up for you when I heard that. <laughs> But he does it's, also say, like, how can I miss myself like I miss my master? And it's like, oh, yeah. that's kind of sweet. And it's, it's it's the very dog-like thing. But then, and of course, she says, like, there, there is no master here, only me. Only the a mistress. Yeah. I'm like, okay, good girl power. Although she yeah. she also knocks the chair out from under him, which I mean, that's what I mean when I say hanging himself poorly, because the... Um, sheet that he uses rips basically within yeah. a couple seconds. So it's like, okay. Yeah. But, um, she also has the other problem, which is, um, Relish the Troll is still tearing apart, you know, tearing around the, um, Fourth Kingdom and making it difficult. And they're trying to cancel the coronation and it's ruining her plan. And she goes and visits the long dead queen that originally poisoned Snow White. And that's a, that's a really um, well-preserved skeleton. I'll give you that much. Especially since the <laughs> eyes are still very much there after, what, yeah. hundreds of years. I was thinking, like, her voice sounds way too cheerful to be stuck into it like a corpse that can't even move, like, anything. It can move its eyes. It can open its eyes. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she was put through the ringer just before, you know, mm, um, she got yeah, but it, yeah. She, also, she poisoned a child, so and tried yeah, to murder I mean, a child. Yeah, so, you know, it's, <laughs> I'm not saying she didn't deserve it, but still. <laughs> anyway, so she gives um um the new old queen gives new queen um the idea is like oh well here how did I do this and shows the poison apple and um she, this the again we got our MVPs back very soon but um the queen calls relish about you know saying like oh well your children are dead <laughs> well they're going to be dead if you don't come and meet me and um during and then that all time, of a sudden he actually cares about his kids <laughs> i had the same exact reaction I'm like he actually gives a shit about his children like i assumed he had like six other children who just weren't adults yet you know but like then again, probably, he oh no they they sprung him from jail didn't they from prison no, no, no. He sp- he sprung them from jail. He he walked. Yeah, okay. So I just assumed that that was more of a like, uh, I got to go get the idiots out before they, um, you uh, know, spew, you know, talk or say anything. Yeah, or you know, say something stupid. I mean, to be fair, they they would probably confess to a plan if you yeah. know. So, anyways, um, and he does end up meeting the queen at this orchard that's surrounded by apples, um, just before. Because Prince ends up escaping on a horse. Although, in my opinion, when it's like, oh, he's run away. It's like, he hasn't run away. You put him on top of a horse. Dogs don't like horses in general. Like, I, from my He said that. <laughs> well, yeah. And and um, my understanding is that unless they're both really well-trained, dogs, like, a, there's a regular dog and a regular horse meet. It's not a good thing. So... Like, they have to be, the dogs have to be very well, they basically have to be farm dogs and trained to do this. So, yeah, no, of course, dogs don't get along with horses. Well, and then he tells, he tells him that to get the horse to move, you've got to, you've got to hit it. And, yeah. like, he hasn't even, like, he's trying to teach him, supposedly, how to ride a horse, but he doesn't bother saying, do this if you want it to veer to the left. Do this if you want it to go to the right. If you want to slow down or stop. Pull the reins. Or, he doesn't do or, any of that shit. 
Yeah, or do what you do with like a small child where you take yes. the reins yourself and you walk the trotting pony around and everything mm-hmm. and they learn how to sit up and realize they're not going to fall off as long as they keep their Yeah, exactly. It's but, but no, yeah, instead he hits it. Yeah, on the on the uh Yeah, the hind horse. or the the steward or whatever hits it with the hind really hard and of course the horse really takes off. Hard. And Yeah, and it runs yeah. it runs away, but he tells well, I mean you could say, you could argue that he's just saving his own ass. Well, but yeah. he tells the queen that uh, the, the prince has run away. <laughs> it's all falling uh, apart, as she says. Really. But he and the prince ends up heading to the um, apple field or the apple orchard, I should say, not a field, orchard. Mm-hmm. And um, is found by the daughter of the farmer eating out of the dog bowl with the dog. <laughs> and man, this he poor family. Happy. Well, he was happy. He, I mean, he was growling at the other dog, you know, to yeah. you know stay away from the food. But yeah, it's it's so sad because uh, you know the family is obviously murdered by the queen because you know as the little girl said, it's like oh she's told us everything about really being a dog and stuff. She's like yes. oh that was really the wrong answer. It's like oh <laughs> can't leave witnesses. Oh yeah. Well, now I actually wonder also because she and she stay she gets there before relish gets there before she ends up meeting him and was poisoning all the apples ahead of time. And also, yeah. like, nobody's going to know that orchard is poisoned now. <laughs> this is going to be a really it, dark Which really queen soon. don't give a shit? <laughs> I know the queen don't give a shit, but at some point, the queen's not going to be around. Let's be fair. This is going to end in a happily ever mm. after. And nobody's going to know that it's like, oh, yes, the family's dead. All these trolls are laying around. Who... You know that nobody's going to, considering the way this kingdom has behaved, nobody's going to give a shit about doing an autopsy on them. It's like, oh, what killed them? It's like, they play something like, ah, oh, they probably just died from their own idiocy. <laughs> what do the sheep apple. think? <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. It's like, nobody's going to, like, figure this out. And then, yeah, you got the... Just another dead troll. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. Like, there's going to be so many dead people because of this orchard. Uh... Yeah. But yeah, so she kills Relish and she uses it as a um as a rallying point so Prince can um as the human form can hold the dead head while he's going through Kissing Town of all places, out over like <laughs> this bloody decapitated head and they're all regular like, Yay, you killed the troll like Oh man, I know that it doesn't like bleed for long, but still, that's <laughs> something's going to be dripping out of there. This is not cool, man. But it it succeeds, and everybody's like, "Oh, the coronation's back on. The troll king's dead." And and this you know, is kissing town, so of course everybody's still like, "I totally want to fuck after seeing that <laughs> that troll's head severed." Oh yeah. Hey, whatever somebody's <laughs> kink is, we never we don't shame. Well, yeah, we're not going to yuck your yum. <laughs> yes. If several troll heads do it for you, then, you know, that's your thing. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a really huge niche, and I don't know how you succeed, how you get to it, but, you know, your niche is your niche. <laughs> and, of course, he gets back to the kingdom, and he comes out of the carriage on, like, all fours, and then stands up proper. <laughs> What's really funny and cute is, like, how bone obsessed this um, dog prince is. Because oh, yeah. when um because when the you know 
when one of his stewards says, like, oh, would you like me to bring up food? He goes, like, ah, yes, trying to be a little prince. Like, what do I usually have? He's like, well, hot cocoa and a cheese sandwich. And Prince is the dog looks, like, disgusted by this. Like, every single dog I have ever owned would steal my fucking cheese sandwich if I left them alone. It's like, this this is a very interesting dog when all he wants is a bone. (laughs) Maybe not so much the hot cocoa, but, like, yeah, the cheese sandwich I could see. I mean, to be fair, my dogs would also try to eat the hot cocoa, even though it would kill them. So, you yeah, know. <laughs> let's be really fair about most of the dogs that we own. Well, they are very most of my yeah, most of them have always been very like food centric to whatever you have. Nobody's like, going to accuse Frankie of being smart. So. <laughs> exactly. Well, and it, yeah, so that's that's basically where we leave off with um, Prince and the Queen. And, um, again, going back to Kissing Town, we've got the Huntsman now trying to get the dog, which I don't know if, like, he needs to kill the dog, because at one point he's aiming the bolt at it, but I always thought that she wanted the dog back alive. And considering the bolt's supposed to, like, hit... And considering the bolt's supposed to, like, be able to hit, like, in the heart, the, you know, first one I can find... That's what I was thinking. So, like, he's holding the... He's aiming, but then there are, like, too many people, and so I was thinking, like, okay, what is the point of this? Because he has, like, magical aim. Yeah. Um. But then, I don't know. I And then, like, to your point, if she wants him alive, then why is he aiming that at all? Yeah, because so, it's going to strike know. the – even if Prince, if Prince was completely – if Dog Prince was completely un – in, like there's nothing around him, no other living creature, and you could perfectly know that that arrow's gonna go. It's gonna go through the dog's heart, and the dog's gonna die. You know, I, I actually had a question of, and this will never be answered, which is, you know, if one dies, who are you? Well, yeah. <laughs> good one. Sorry. But somebody like, if one dies, does the other one die or something like that? I don't know. I. I'm yeah, not sure. It's a weird thing. But anyways, it's kissing so, town, Jane. <laughs> well, it's not just kissing town. It's it's rules that are not explained. But the reason why the Huntsman's pointing the arrow thing is, is because, you know, like um, he's convinced Tony to leave Prince there. And Prince is going through a um, change and not the change that most young boys go through. But a he's trying to turn into a dog where he's like wanting Tony to like scratch his head and. He's starting to, like, and the one sad part is he's starting to forget, like, his parents' names or, like, you know, family members. And that's, like, it's, like, okay, that's, from just knowing people who've just in general lost their memory, that's actually just a sad sort of notion that he's forgetting things that make him him, and he's turning doggy. So it's, and it's starting to kind of happen uh, throughout the rest of this episode, is he's starting to develop more of a dog-like quality to him. And, um... Prince is going through this whole entire thing. He's like, oh, well, just leave me here and, like, just trade and get your mirror back and everything. It's like, oh, God, buddy. Still, still the whole virgin thing is really bugging me. <laughs> but, oh, buddy. <laughs> but they do come up with a plan, Tony and Prince, to uh, tie Prince loosely to the hitching post in the center of town. And Tony's going to fi- go get the mirror um, where the huntsman's hiding it as they figure it out. And of course, the huntsman is like ten steps ahead of them and creates a mirror trap where pull the mirror, locks the door, and so Tony's out on the roof trying to get the mirror out of the um, tower that he's locked into. So, 
Yeah, <laughs> smart. <laughs> and of course, it breaks because we need we need to somehow get all the characters. It can't be easy, and we need to get all the characters together. So, in that scene where Tony is sliding the mirror off of the roof, it looks like. To me, it, it looked like the bridge by um, Nanata's house, or I guess it, well, it's the place that they stay in after Nanata's house and uh, call the midwife. But I couldn't confirm anything. Uh, I found out online that uh, though much of the series was filmed in England, uh, most, if not all, the scenes in Kissing Town were actually filmed in France. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting location. I mean. So it's interesting to kind of see like where they actually do film or where they actually stay, you know, local or center and kind of just build stuff around there. Um, now I would like to say the MVPs of the show ha- of the series have Yay! returned because right after the mirrors auctioned off and the huntsman wins it, they bring out the gold statue of the three trolls <laughs> together. <laughs> They're auctioning it off to somebody and well, you know, after Tony breaks the mirror, and we'll talk a little about the breaking of the mirror in a bit, and Virginia are moping about this in this little farmstead. Um, these two guys are trying to melt down the troll statue. Um, you know, oh, I think it's like a metal, metal shop. Yeah, it's like a blacksmith or like, yeah, it's, and they're trying to melt it down and say like, hey, I got a good deal on this because it's so ugly and stuff. And they're arguing about whether it's cool or not. And then, but they also said something that like was kind of a throwaway line, but it's actually kind of big. They said that they were just coated in in gold, where they they were saying it's like a fool's gold. It's not real gold. Yeah. So that that goldfish was not. Yeah, it, it would have <laughs> not genuine. Really- it would have fucked up somebody's day and also it's just a coding. But um yeah. It's um and of course they melt it down and the trolls escape and um I I just absolutely love the fact that, you know, it's right when Virginia and Tony just like get up to the door and the trolls are trying to leave that door and they try to chase after them, but because they've been stuck in that position for so long they get leg cramps trying to run <laughs> after them. It's <laughs> like Okay, that's clever how to make them get away. It's like, get them, get them, ah, 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 leg cramp, leg cramp. And, and then my favorite part of this entire thing is when they call the queen, and they're just like, hey, it's like, we can call the queen and, like, see how things are going and stuff, and how's our dad? And um, the queen, like, goes when they go, like, hey, we need to get a hold of our dad. Can you get a hold of our dad? And she goes, oh, no, haven't you heard? And Bluebell, for all, this is my favorite part of this whole entire line, he just says, no, we haven't heard. We've been gold. And it's like as if this is like, <laughs> the most common oopsies you could possibly have. <laughs> it's so casually. It's like, we've been gold. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, oopsies, gold again. Yeah, we missed. It's like, like we went out camping in the woods and we missed, you know, like, you know, a major event or something. It's like, <laughs> He says gold. it so nonchalantly. <laughs> yeah, so and of course she, the queen lies and says like, oh, you know, like um, Virginia and Tony or Virginia, um, the witch, uh, Virginia killed their dad and everything. And man, they go through a lot of um, feelings. 
Yeah, yeah they do. Sadness like, and well, now we don't have to worry about getting beaten. <laughs> like, like, this is our dad. He gives our first weapons. He caused us to keep a torture victim alive for hours, and yeah, and just, yeah, they're going through some faith. But yeah, they like I said, they've returned, and they're just as bumbling as possible as they're trying to track down uh, Tony and Virginia, including when they get into the caves. And I love. um them running away and trying to climb like a, just a post pillar. <laughs> it's like only like two feet off the ground as they're trying to get away. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. It's just, yeah, they're back and it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun when they're there. And, um, yeah. So anyways, t- going back to the mirror, I, let's talk about, yeah. Tony should be dead is basically what I've come to the conclusion of. Yeah. And when, like now Virginia is kind of just like, Finally fucking had it with him and his shit. Oh, yeah. Well, because he's, bro- I mean, I, I don't think she should get pissed at him for the mirror thing because he was locked. He was trapped. It's not like yeah. anybody could help him. So, you know, she should be pissed that he was up on the roof with the mirror trying to escape. So I like, think yeah, it's he- just like it's come to the point where like he's made so many like dumb mistakes yeah. And and choices and she's just had to deal with a lifetime of it. Yeah, and, and well he's also just kind of full of it too because or over it too mm-hmm. because you know, she obviously has also been playing victim for a very long, long time and they're having a big fight about, you know, like she's always having to take care of him and he's like, Well, it's like, yeah, when your mother left, you know who also took care of you? You were a fucking kid. It's like, okay. They have a lot of chips on their shoulder with each other, and it's kind of all come out there. But because he broke a mirror, although in my opinion, he didn't purposely break a mirror. Um, he now has seven years bad luck, literally. And so yeah, because it's the a part magic where, mirror. Yeah, well, this part, well, I think it sounds like any mirror. And this is where we get to the Tony should be dead with all the bad luck things that happened to him. Starting with the ginormous ass rock that falls in the sky in Chicken Town and hits him on the head and makes yes. like the cuckoo bird sound, like about like the bird sound above his head. It's like he's like ah, it's like no, you should you should have like a major concussion after that. Yeah, I was wondering how the hell he's still alive after that. Oh, okay, so then you've got okay, so the next bad luck incident is there, um, they put together the broken shards in the mirror. They figure out that on the back there's a manufacturer symbol that says it's made by the dwarves of Dragon Mountain. And so they're going to Dragon Mountain. And so the next one that has, well, they're hiking up there, is the backpack that had all their supplies in it. Um, Snaps, both the snaps, straps, snap, and break off. And so there's that bad luck. He somehow steps into a hornet's nest, just out up on the mountain. Oh no, he like put his hand on it. Oh yeah, he put his hand. I mean, he something happens where yes, it's he gets that. Uh, let's see here, a stalag, um, a stalactite falls on him, or stalagmite <laughs> falls on him. <laughs> yeah, I remember the spelling of it. Anyways, <laughs> okay, so stalactite falls on his head. Yeah, I get confused with the stalactites and the stalagmites. Supposedly, like if you know how to spell it, if there's a C, it's the ceiling one. I keep thinking. I think it's tight is how I remember it. Yeah, you're right. Okay, because it tightly hangs on. So, 
But yeah, because I can't spell it to save my life. So but I was like, oh, well, with a G, it means ground, and C, it means. I was like, I'm not gonna remember how to fucking spell it. Anyways, that's my own problem. But um, yeah, that that huge ass thing falls on his head. Um, so again, he should be dead. Um, yeah, and then um, he gets like, yeah, he also he also hits his head going down one of the um mine shafts, like the slide mine shaft. He hits his head on one of the boards. Uh, one of the metal boards, and it bangs like a gong, of all things. Mm. Uh, then he, he also gets a sliver in his finger. He ends up breaking a whole bunch of the mirrors in the dwarf's um, mirror-making world, or mirror-making cave. And then he finally, to top it all off, falls into a hole and ends up breaking his back. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he can't move. But there's so, so it's like, he yeah. should have not been able to move after that rock. <laughs> okay, it's my point. Yeah. It's like, Tony is a goddamn cartoon character at this point. Like, he <laughs> should have been with the noises. I know he should have been dead so long ago. But yes, before they end up, before he falls into a shaft, he they end up meeting the dwarves, and the dwarves have a mm-hmm. truth. They they make magical mirrors, not just regular mirrors. They are using quicksilver that they mined after you know, you know they they clearly have no fear of um, digging too deep or too far because. All the dragons are dead, and you know, unlike Tolkien, there is nothing I guess they are afraid of. So they're getting quicksilver <laughs> to make magic mirrors, or as he says, like synthetic quicksilvers you cannot, you know, make the magic mirrors. This authentic stuff can make the real magic mirrors, and they're making a truth mirror uh, for Prince for his coronation. And during this time, Prince is also still like losing his mind. Like he tells Tony, he's like, "I need you. I need a cuddle. I need you to scratch my head," and it's. He's clearly just, he can't keep going. So, but he does get to see himself in the mirror as his human form. And that convinces the dwarfs that Virginia and Tony aren't lying and not trying to spy on getting their mirror secrets, which, yeah. <laughs> and they use this time to try to figure out where are the other two traveling mirrors. One's on an ocean floor and one is, of course, with the queen because they all need to come together and they've had no reason to come together yet until now. Hmm. So, yep. And she still what? can't see them through her mirrors. They're, yeah, the queen, they're still hidden. Yeah, the queen can't see them through the mirrors. Like She keeps asking Wolf's going like, okay, I know there's a girl with you, but I can't see them. Why can't I see them? And... Yeah, Wolf, it sounds like, is joined back up with the Queen because he's depressed and despondent. And, yeah, of course. But, um, yeah, it's... And if, and when... So right after um, Tony breaks all the mirrors, the door, the head dwarf calls Tony a murderer for breaking all the mirrors. <laughs> he's figure. murdered all my mirrors! I mean, if if you require particular material, I understand that you'd be really pissed at all the hard work, but man, that's some punishment right there. <laughs> and that's what Tony and Virginia escape, but Tony ends up breaking his back and everything. Oh yeah, that was the other bad luck thing is, of course, he breaks all the mirrors. But yeah, he breaks his back, and Virginia goes on ahead because she obviously can't carry Tony. She's going to try to find help or find a way out of the cave, and Tony's just assuming that he's dead, which... In normal retrospect, yes, he would have been dead yeah. a long-ass time ago. And that's when Virginia discovers um, a magical ice cave, and Snow White is laying there frozen. Yay! Yes, all the magic, and 
Um, the, so here's, here's something 20 years old. Um, how many people remember, I mean, she's, yeah, she's not, but I mean, like, man, this was when she was at her peak. How many people remember the actress Cameron Mayheim? I do, I do. <laughs> I remember the practice. I remember she was on it. I remember that I, it's, I was thinking about this as I was watching her because she's, you know, she's a good actress and, you know, she plays a very lovely Snow White and everything. And, you know, she tells a story about, you know, like how she, you know, how her mother came to name her, like the basic Snow White story fairy tale and her personal feelings on the whole thing. And I'm watching this and I'm thinking, like, man, like, what the hell happened to her? Like, she was a hot commodity for a while. And Mm -hmm. I think that what what happened to her is the same thing that happens to almost to a lot of actresses who don't fit the mold. And of course the normal, yeah. the, the normal for actresses is anybody under a certain age and, you know, thin, skinny. And if you're not super thin or skinny, you at least have to have like, you have to be thin, but have big boobs. I mean, it's, there's, yeah. there's always going to be a mold in Hollywood and, you know, I remember, like, she was one of the people who was like, oh, well, she's a plus-size actress, and she's going to be a trailblazer, and blah, 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 and all these things, and we're trying finally turning a leaf. It's like, nope. It's sort of the same thing of um, Nikki Blonsky from uh, Hairspray. It's like, amazing mm. job, great performance. Like, she should have a bunch of roles often. Like, nope, after Hairspray, it's minimal of what she's been involved with. And I, from my understanding, she's always been trying, but, yeah, it's just didn't happen. So I think that that's kind of what happened with, I, I don't know. The thing is like, maybe she's been well, like in a whole bunch of other stuff. And I'm sure you've looked, I know you looked it up. I but did. Like, she's been in a whole bunch of other stuff, but it's not been as well received. You know, like as, you know, think about some of the other actresses who, you know, when she was, when Karen Mayheim was popular, who also have stayed popular throughout the entire thing because they've maintained the look. Yeah. So, that's my that was my thought process because I was like, yeah, this it's like it goes in cycles, and I think that we're we're going to experience the same thing with some of the other uh, current plus size actors and performers, and we're going to have that same cycle of like, oh, like you know, this is where we're finally turning the leaf. It's like, nope, never going to be a lead, never gonna, yeah. So it's well, yeah, that's it's, why I wanted to cover her. Um, like, well, and why I, I used to love and respect the hell out of Roseanne Barr before it, she basically just became a, yeah, a trash person. But, um, but because like she never fit the mold, but, um, she pushed and she, like, from what I've heard, her writers fucking hated working for her. They hated it, but she was always like, like pushing to make sure that it's what she wanted to have it be her show and to fight for the, um, the actors. And so, I mean, you know, it's, it, it's hard for, um, for someone who doesn't fit the mold to make a name for themselves. Um, but, you know, it it seems to me like it's easier if you are a comedian. If you're funny, it's like you could be fat if you're funny. And, you know, it's just. Well, you see that with um, um, Melissa McCarthy is one yeah. of those examples of that. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. 
or like you can, or it's, you know, yeah, like Melissa McCarthy or even um, um, uh, Rebel Wilson. Is that her name? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like she's, yeah, she's still getting, it's all comedic roles. It's not. And they um, both have been pressured to, to lose the weight, too. Oh, yeah. And it's, although Melissa McCarthy did do like certain roles like, um, was it Sorry? Um, oh, God, what was that called? It was with Richard E. Grant. And I fucking love him. But, um, I'm like, it's, it's kind of hard for me to see movies. So honestly, also don't keep track of all these people. I do know when um, people get really like um, joyous when some of these um, plus size people lose weight. And then other people get really pissed off when they lose weight. Like Adele, oh my god. Adele went through oh, the yeah. ringer with like both sides. Like a lot of people going like, yeah, she lost the weight. And other people are like, she betrayed us by losing weight. I'm like, it's yeah. like you can't fucking win. There's no. like, if if you're a fat actress or fat comedian, like you're going to get shit no matter what. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, I'm like, you know what? It, like, whatever you do, if you did for you, God bless. Okay. If you need, oh, if can you, you ever it. forgive me? That's the name of it. Sorry. Oh, uh, okay. But of course, she was also <laughs> in Gilmore Girls. Like, hello, love her. But in that, she was just kind of the goofy. Yeah, they, it's always that quirky. kind of casting. Yeah. Um, and rarely the main character, unless it's a comedy. Yeah, not like the um the um. Like, if there is a love interest, they usually end up with, you know, like, the non, like, like the nerd, I guess, would be the, yeah. or the, yeah, it's, I mean, I think that's probably why I also enjoy Hairspray so much, is, of course, you know, like, stuff with, you know, Zach Afron, like, character, but that was kind of the point of it, I mean, that was. And if it's, like, if it's a, um, if they have the lead in a romance, then it's usually because, like, it, the something in the plot has to do with the fact that they're fat. But yeah, I mean, and that was kind of the point in Hairspray itself, both the one written by John Waters and obviously the musical um, was it required her to be not fitting the mold. But that was sort of the point of the story. But it's like people today, like writers today have taken have kind of gone with that idea, but not fully grasped what was the point when John Waters wrote it um, as the people who are different and everything else, or even when they reproduced it to create a musical version, I was like, no, you guys, it's, it's, you can't make that, you can't just use it as a trope. <laughs> and like, yeah. You know, and that's kind of what they seem to be doing. It's like, oh, well, then it's always going to be about her weight and how powerful she is for her overcoming this, and she'll end up with, you know, the attractive um, guy, or you know, like, she's going to find somebody who's like, oh, this guy actually loved her for who she is all along, and it wasn't like the stud or something. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus Christ, I I, I get really tired of a lot of these movies. It's why I'm sort of they're not tired, current. worn out traits or tropes. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, mean, I hear you. Even like back, before I had a weight problem, like I was, I was fucking fed up with it. I but just, anyway, <laughs> yeah, back to Cameron mate. Um, Cameron Manheim. Manheim. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you you may recognize her as uh, Eleanor in The Practice, uh, whom she played for eight years. Uh, you may know her as Sheila in The Magicians. Oh, shit. Which I'd really, really like to cover. I I, I mean, I I love the show. I, I'm sure you're going to love it, too. 
Um, also, I have this line in here for you. Um, <laughs> she played Ray in an American Girl story, Summer Camp, Friends for Life. <laughs> or you may know her as Delia in Ghost Whisperer. I don't know. I've never watched it. But I love the hell out of the magicians. But, yeah, um, it's, it, that's the thing. I I've seen none of that. It's it like, so good. I am, yeah, I I am so picky about what I watch because my time is so precious. <laughs> it's one of those few instances, for me at least, where I found the show was better than the book. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, or the book series, whatever. Yeah. Um, so she was born in New Jersey in 1961 as Deborah Francis Mannheim. Uh, while studying at NYU, she learned sign language and worked as an interpreter and uh, job coach while pursuing her acting career. So she legit speaks uh, speaks American Sign Language fluently. And uh, they brought that to her character a couple times, I believe, in, in the practice. But uh, in 1995, she wrote and starred in a one-woman show, Wake Up, I'm Fat, which which played to sold-out audiences. And in 1999, just four years later, she turned it into a book, and it became uh, – and well, she became a New York Times bestselling author. And it was also in 1999 that she earned an Emmy Award for Best Supporting Actress for her role as Eleanor in The Practice – and um, that that's where she gave her famous line in her acceptance speech, which is what I remember whenever I think about Cameron Mannheim. It's this is for all the fat girls. <laughs> I wasn't fat yet at that time, but I remember the line really resonated with me. And I, I have to say she's a hero. Oh, yeah. And, Mannheim. and I, you know, and I. I love the fact she was cast as Snow White. I feel like mm-hmm. a part of it was the typecasting of the time. Like it was, it was sort of like two, early two thousands or two thousands trying to be woke, going like, ah, the fairest yes. of them all. Like it's like, guys, let's I know what give you're ourselves doing. a pat on the back. <laughs> yeah, it, that, it felt so pandering at the same time. But it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm also glad that they cast her because it played really well, and she's just such a lovely um, person and a lovely character. Yeah, and she made the character into like, yeah, no, I'm, like, you know, like she has that both like uh, that serious moment where she's just like, okay, you're kind of bending the rules there, Virginia, asking for two wishes, you know, or turning you know one wish into two, but you know, it's like it's. You know, I just, I, she pulls it off just perfectly. I also love the fact she's just like, yeah, my grandson need to be a dog for a while. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he did. I understand completely and agree with you. He's learning a lot from it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is an experience he needed. And I don't know, don't, like, why it's like, fucked. Oh, go ahead. make her funny. It's, that's what I love. It's not like, who else were you expecting? <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, she's, the fairest in the land. Yeah. yeah, no, she's she is the fairest. She's yeah, she's also clearly the um, especially later on, you get to also meet uh Cinderella. Like you get to mm-hmm. meet like one other of the um, five women who started. And Cinderella is still alive. Um, I think she's played by Anne Margaret. Now that I think about it, yeah, I remember she who is. cast it. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, no, it was like, and the idea I think that it was to 
pulls Snow White as like, no, she really was the fairest, not just pretty, but, you know, she was um, fair. She was just, she was a good ruler. Like there's a reason why, you know, it was a great golden time for the kingdoms was it was part of her being who she was um, and just a lovely person, which, you know, compared to the Disney version of Snow White, I like this version of Snow White. <laughs> it's, yes. It shows her as, you know, just being a very powerful and competent um, ruler who, you know, understood what justice was and after all the hardships she went through. So, yeah, it's, I like it. And, you know, she gives Virginia a little handheld mirror. She gives Virginia her two wishes, which is, you know, to have her dad's bad luck removed and to fix his back, you know, and yeah, I love that look she gives us like, yeah, you do realize that's two, right? I said one, <laughs> you gave me two. Like whatever. But okay. It's like and she tells her she's basically acting as her her fairy godmother. Yeah. Yeah, she's blocking the queen from um seeing Virginia. So she's been the one basically preventing her from seeing the queen from seeing Virginia at all. And um yeah, so Virginia gets back um, just before the huntsman's about to kill Tony because and Tony's basically about ready to give up on life because he's like, like, I'm not going to tell you. And yeah, it's because he's he thinks he's close to dead. And Virginia knocks him out with the torch. The huntsman. And, uh, yeah, the huntsman, not Tony. <laughs> I mean, one more bit she of bad luck. She puts him out of his misery. She, she's, <laughs> she's like... I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> it just goes really dark. <laughs> sorry, I had to be this way. The silence playing the background. <laughs> <laughs> <Simon> Carl. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> and then they have an epilogue with the the wolf, like working for the queen. <laughs> Living off the land up in a cave, like gone, has gone feral with Prince. <laughs> she's stuck in the, as work, working as like a, she's just like a peasant and like a dirty peasant in the streets of, of the kissing town. <laughs> she's teaching kissing lessons. <laughs> oh, Anyways, yeah, no, no, she, she not have a husband. <laughs> And they end up escaping because Tony's back is better. And um, this is where um, Virginia decides to use the mirror that. Um, well, OK, I want to actually get to one little part that I thought was just hilarious, which was. Um, but I like the fact that she tries to lead Tony back into the frozen cave to show like, you know, the the corpse, I guess, of Snow White, <laughs> because obviously, like the Cameron Mayheim, the Cameron Mannheim, uh, Snow White is supposed to be a ghost or a vision, um, and of course she's gone. But just checking my kid as I pulled my face away from the mic. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. It's okay. But um, what's really great is, um, you know, um, Snow White had told Virginia, it's like. Um, you know, like traveling through the dark and everything and don't worry. And she gives like this cryptic thing. And so Virginia takes that seriously and blows the torch out. That is some mm-hmm. goddamn amazing breath control. That is all I got to say. <laughs> I know, right? She blows a humongous, <laughs> like an actual literal torch. And she goes, <sighs> with wolf, I can maybe understand. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm saying, yeah, but no, she's blowing like, 
I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and the switch goes out. <laughs> and she hears water, and they're able to, like, leave by going through the waterfall. Um, but, yeah, it's... <laughs> It was just one of those moments where I was like, whoa, what the fuck just happened there? <laughs> oh, so maybe she does other things in the kissing town after killing her dad. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's not really oh. what they mean when they say blowing, but okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's giving kissing lessons, all right. <laughs> It's like it blowing sorry. on it, and we don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what that means. Okay. <laughs> well, she hasn't had a lot of boyfriends, so. That's true. Anyway, so they leave That's the cave. <laughs> they leave the cave, and Virginia pulls up the little mirror that Snow White gave her and says this, this stupid little rhyme. And, um, you know, it shows the queen. And oh, show us the fairest in the land. Some yeah, and it shows like that, the, yeah. yes, or like, yeah, the fair, yeah, it, it's bad. Anyway, so, and it shows Virginia's mother and Tony's wife. Bum, bum, bum. She bum, is bum, the bum. queen. Oh, Christine. yeah. Yep. And it show and it does do a quick flashback of, um, you know, um, Christine kissing Virginia when she's a child, giving her a bath, and then, a short scene of Christina running out of the house or Christina ran out of the house. So, and that's well, pretty much like where giving it ends. her a vigorous bath. Like, like there's yeah, and something I, not right there. Yeah. And I know the answer to this, obviously. So I'm just no. not going to say it because it comes up in the fifth episode, which is the final episode. So, but yeah, that's kind of where we one. leave. Yep. That's where we leave off. Yeah. Yay. Yep. yep. And that's about it. Anyways, but yeah, that's that's kind of the episode. So yeah, we're we're getting towards the end, people. I know, buddy. We're almost there. Yes, the cringe <laughs> is at an end soon. <laughs> so with that, I guess I should say, please, please, please listen, subscribe, rate, and review Bedknobs and Broomflicks on Apple Podcast and uh, maybe Podchaser and the other podcast platforms. Remember, you can find Bedknobs and Broomflicks on uh, Twitter at Broomflicks. And you can write to us at Broomflicks at gmail.com. And you could also check out our show at www.bedknobsandbroomflicks.com. Um, and and is spelled out. It's not the ampersand. Or you could just go to Cage's Kiss if that's easier um, to remember. Uh, there you could check out uh, Videorama and Cage's Kiss. Uh, last but not least, if you'd like to help support us and a local bookstore while purchasing a book or movie, please purchase through our affiliate page at bookshop.org forward slash shop forward slash broomflicks. Um, the Chuds and I have uh, returned to do more Cage's Kiss. We just covered Prisoners of the Ghost Land and uh, we... Literally just today recorded for the uh, unbearable weight of massive talent. Uh, you can eh, probably by now you can uh, find it on just about any podcast platform. Uh, Jane, where could the people find you? Well, you can find me as I'm currently her- um, holding my uh, little squirtle. <laughs> I thought you were and- going to say hurling. Nope. Hurling. No, no, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Holding my holy little squirtle. That's 
That's his nickname. I am the mother of Bugs and Squirtle. I have nicknames for them. <laughs> but yes, that's basically where you can find me. He is he's tired right now and he needed me to, he needed his um comfort boob to lay on. So you can see you can find me being a comfort boob basically. <laughs> In kissing town. <laughs> All ages. <laughs> I'd like to thank Doug Walters and Redwire Blackwire for allowing us to use their song Compass. Um, but yes, so you can catch us on the next episode, which we will be concluding with the final episode of the 10th Kingdom. And again, there is still one more ultra super cringy scene. But also, I will say there is one scene that is absolutely fucking magical and Tony makes it <laughs> magical. So... Yes, and trust me, I I think Linda will figure it out pretty quickly when it happens. She's like, oh, that's what she was talking about. Yes, this scene is really (laughs) fucking magical. And she'll also know which the cringy one. So, yep. Finish it. (laughs) We're going to finish it, and then we're going to move on to other things. So we're going to get back. Better things. Less cringy things. Well, I'm sitting here thinking, like, there's some cringy things coming up in Sabrina, but it's like, I... Oh, this no, those are perfectly well performed and not cringy at all after re- reminiscing about this one. So yeah, yeah see, this just ha- does us a favor of like putting everything into perspective. Oh yeah, no, it's <laughs> gonna be like, man, remember like later on when we cover Sabrina episodes, gonna be like, man, remember that moment when X Y Z is like, yes, but remember this from Ten King? It's like, oh yeah, no, never mind. This is this was yeah yeah yeah. This is yeah. not cringy <laughs> at all. This was this was fine actually. In fact, you know, I think that it was really well written and. <laughs> And did not elicit, a great show. Yeah, yeah. Did not elicit fears of uncomfortableness at all. No, no, this is fine. <laughs> and I look forward to it. I um, do, I do too. Letting you watch the rest of those seasons as well. And yeah, I've I've already told Linda about another um a movie series that we should cover. So that is not cringy in my opinion, and it's actually really good. So yes. I know, yeah. honey. It's okay. Hopefully we can Say get hi. the, um, uh, hi, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we can get magicians on, uh, the docket soon. Oh, we will. Yeah. Squirtles, Squirtles just, you know, heavy. By the way, if anybody's wondering why I'm nicknamed him Squirtle, it's because he is a very vicious spitter upper. So he squirts. <laughs> <laughs> We have we have a lot of laundry because of little Squirtle here. <laughs> so <I'm> Charlie spits. <laughs> yes. Well, until then, what's that got to do with my knob? I'm not even gonna make a kissing town reference to the knob. <laughs> I was thinking it in my head. I'm like, no, no, Jane, you are better than that. Kissing you... lessons, all knobs. <laughs> Clearly, one of us is not better than that. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> no one has ever accused me of being better than that. <laughs> being better than that, of rising above. <laughs> Let it be known. <laughs> Let it be written. <laughs> <laughs>